Yeah. Why? And welcome to the Met Up Podcast. Oh no! I'm Christian Chabot. <laughs> I'm George Black. And in case you didn't hear those noises, those cooings at the beginning of the podcast, <laughs> that that was George sitting here in the studio looking at pictures of people's babies and just falling in love with the babies. It's actually quite a cute thing that George does all the time. As soon as he either sees a baby in person or sees them on social media, he just melts. And you just all got to experience that. So I didn't know that the mic was on, so I feel like this part should be cut from the show, and I know that it's not going to be. And listen, that's man, fine. Listen, that's fine. I, I told you, once we step into the booth, recording happens. You said some other things too, but we ain't gonna talk about that stuff. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. I love you too much for that. I love you too. Well, <laughs> it is the first podcast of 2019 here with Met Up, and we have got so many great things that are going to happen here in 2019, one of which is going to be us really up in the ante production level with this podcast, bringing in more guests, doing new segments. You're going to get a taste of a new segment we got coming uh, with the podcast this year. So so a lot of stuff. We are we are ramping it up here with Men Up the Podcast and with our work in general in 2019. Yeah, definitely trying to wrap up our um, online presence, you know, thinking about how to have a stronger presence on Instagram and uh, really reach more people with this message. Um, our, our workshops have been improved like tenfold. Uh, we uh, actually just did a workshop. Um, and that was phenomenal uh, at, at HSC, High School in the Community. Shout out to Christian Jabu, High School in the Community. Shout out to HSC. I love that place. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. We're going to talk about that. But uh, yeah, but even seeing the 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 level of intention, I'm, I'm just excited about this year. I'm excited about what Menup's going to bring this year. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think we got other people that are really excited about it too. And if you are one of those people, we ask that you're in this with us and, and help us really grow this movement in 2019 because we're in it for the long haul. And so please like, rate, share the podcast. You can check it out on Apple Podcasts. Just search for Men Up. You can also find it on our website. So if you go to themenup.com, you'll see the podcast link right at the top. And there's about a dozen episodes from 2018 up there from our first season. And there's going to be dozens more for 2019. So please check it out and share it. And if you've got any suggestions, please holler at us anytime. Send us a direct message on Instagram at The Men Up. Send us a Facebook message. Whatever you got to do, let us know how to make this movement and this podcast even better. Also, if you're trying to be a guest on our show, let us know because we're looking for guests. Awesome people who are down with this cause ready to have these conversations and make this movement happen. So if you want to be up on the show, let us know. So last week we did our first workshop of 2019. It is a workshop that really we have been iterating upon for three years, uh, but now has really become our signature experience that we offer mm -hmm. at schools. And I was just blown away by how powerful that workshop was. Not to not to toot our own horn or, or shout us out so much in the beginning of the podcast, but shout out to us. Shout out to us. Shout out to us. So a few things I want to say about this. One, so I alluded to this earlier, which was that the level of intention in this workshop, I'm just really proud of it. Like I'm proud of the work we put in. I'm proud of the way that the work has reflected. I'm proud of the way that the work that we put into the workshop 
was a direct result of conversations we had with young people and uh, the people specifically on our leadership team and other people who were present that day who gave us lots and lots of wisdom and who we decided were the real experts in this in this thing. And the other thing that I want to say was that um, Christian Shabu, I love Christian Shabu. He is a, a generally happy guy, but he was ecstatic. He was on cloud nine. And I'm it, still grinning ear to ear. Yeah, yeah, and it just it just had to do with everybody in the room. You know, he had his alumni in the room, had his students who he works with, his dream team in the room. Had one of my best friends, aka you. You know, I was in the building, and uh, it was it was life giving in a real way to see Christian be so happy. And the thing that was making him happy was the people around him. Like it was just. Everybody who, you know, so many people who he cares about, right? His mama wasn't in the room, and we all know Christian loves his mama. Uh, but, you know. It's a fact. So, but yeah, it was it was good to see that, and it, it gave me um, a, a jolt of energy that I that's still resonating that right now, actually. So Yo, shout out to that guy. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Now you're doing the most. Now you're doing the most. Uh, just kidding. No, I, I think what was really cool to see in action, right, is, is over the years we have found ways, actually at HSC particularly, because uh, it's a place that we feel so comfortable with, some place that we've had a partnership with ever since we started this Men Up work, mm-hmm. of having that be a place where we we really innovate, right? Mm-hmm. And so one of those innovations has been, how do we create a space that it isn't just young men in the space, but it's also young women and young people that don't identify as either, right? And, and so, and we had that in our space. And I think we really found a way to create a powerful space where everybody can move forward powerfully, whether it's understanding your own personal definition of manhood that you want to live into or a definition that you want to hold other men accountable to that are in your life, right? We've been able to figure out that space and we've been able to just get really clear with our language, right? And really how to be specific, but also nuanced in this language so that it's accessible to everybody. And that was really cool to see that land, to see it actually work powerfully. And to have, you know, by the end of it, we had groups of young people that were young women, young men, people that don't identify as either building out projects of ways to address how disempowering masculinity might exist in their communities and ways to confront that and move forward powerfully. So really cool to see that in action. It was really great to see them build projects that that tackled some of these some of these manifestations of, of disempowering masculinity and see them get excited about that and see them kind of break those things down uh, and, and and made it clear that like give give them the time give them the space and young people are ready to to do this work and to and to change these perceptions and these narratives and I'm excited about doing this workshop and places to empower people to do that. Yeah, so we are going to be all across the Northeast and actually across the country this year and at least a dozen different experiences and workshops. So we're excited about that work and we're ready to have it grow even further. So if you are a part of a school community or any other community group where you feel like this Men Up work would be powerful, hit us up because we are ready, willing and able to come there ourselves but also bring part of our leadership team too, our young men who are ready to lead this work powerfully too. We are going to get into it. So we're actually going to approach the podcast a little bit differently today. Our first podcast of 2019. We're going to have a new segment. For the very first time here, we have got a segment that is called Men Up, Fired Up. And here's what this segment's going to be. Usually, we approach these podcasts by we take one topic. Maybe it's something that's been in the news currently, or maybe it's just a, a topic that we find really connected to manhood and masculinity. And we, we go deep on that. We go deep. This one's more about us reacting to pop culture and current events that have happened in the last couple weeks 
that have us really fired up. And that could be fired up in a positive way, right? Like we're really excited about it and what it offers. That could be fired up in a not so positive or negative way. Like it's really got us frustrated and like we're ready to mm-hmm. talk about it, ready to say like how this thing is disempowering and how we switch it. So this is gonna be men up, fired up. And George, you are gonna start us off with the very first topic of men up, fired up. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. We're gonna talk about R. Kelly for a second. So for those of us who don't know, R. Kelly is a multi-platinum, R&B artist, you know, my mind's telling me no, but my body's telling me yes. I don't see nothing wrong with a little bum and grind. Uh, I can smell your perfume, step into my bedroom. We, 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 know, we know R. Kelly, right? Got some foreshadowing happening yeah, yeah, here. Yo, yo <laughs> that, may, that may or may not have been intentional. <laughs> so R. Kelly has been able to diversify and be relevant in his career for what seems like 30 years now. Uh, and yes, he sells great and has been around for a long time and people love him. R. Kelly has also, for decades now, been fighting in and out of court multiple accusations around um, his abuse, coercion of young women, underage girls, many of them underage. And um, and a lot of that has come into the, the, the limelight only to kind of peek itself back out. It'll come back in, it'll come back out. Uh, at some points in time, it's kind of the main thing about R. Kelly in the media, and then it'll kind of disappear. And then a documentary come out recently, and it was called uh, Surviving R. Kelly, and it was about many of the victims of R. Kelly who have been through the experience of being with him, being a part of his cult, per se, uh, and uh, have lived to tell the tale, right? And in my head, I've always thought about R. Kelly as someone who I want to stay away from ever since a lot of this had come to the foreground, right? So when this documentary came to the front, my initial thought was this is going to bury him. Like, he's done. And uh, if if all the other accusations, if all the other women, if all the other court cases that are public, if all the other documentation, which is public, you can look at it, you can research it, if all of these things didn't bury him. This was going to bury him. It was everything consolidated into one powerful punch, right? Turns out, R. Kelly's record sales, his streams, his iTunes downloads, um, his concerts, like sales have gone up, sold out. Um, There are people going to his concert, screaming, take me hostage. Um, Like these are things that are happening in, in the world. And it seems as if this documentary has had the opposite effect that I'm, I'm sure its creators had intended it to have. We should note that as of the end of last week, right, um, R. Kelly was officially dropped by his label, Sony mm-hmm. RCA. Mm-hmm. So there was impact made yep. as a result of this documentary, but also more importantly, a result of the decades worth of activism work that was done by many of these women that Mm. were assaulted by him, that were victimized by him, but also just other people that were in this work for the long haul, Mm -hmm. bringing to light just the horribleness that R. Kelly was bringing to the world and also wasn't very secretive about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Listen listen to some of his songs. It's it's very clear. And it's, it's, it's heartbreaking to hear that he could be as candid about it as he was and there'd still be no repercussion. You know, it took this long for his record label to drop him. And you know, what I don't want to do is diminish the work 
of these activists, of these people who've been fighting for this cause, mo many of whom are women, many of whom are women who have experienced abuse at R. Kelly's hands. And I don't want to take away from that victory and from that the stride and the striving that they've they've uh, they've shown. And I don't, I definitely don't want to take away from that. But I, but I also just have to ask myself, why did it take so long? <laughs> you know, and and in my head, given the documentary, I feel like what's happening to R. Kelly doesn't feel proportionate, right? And I just. I wonder, I wonder why. I wonder what that points to about like what we value. I've heard this really interesting conversation. I've, I've actually seen or heard R. Kelly make this argument a little bit at times in the past of, of this idea that you know he was sexually assaulted as a, mm. as a young man, right, and, and was molested. And so somehow that becomes an excuse or, or a way to be empathetic or compassionate with why he acts the way he does mm. or how he shows up in the world. And I just think that that's asinine, right? Particularly because this is a man who has had access to resources that would allow him to get the best kind of medical help, psychiatric help, psychological help, whatever he needed for his entire career, right? For decades, right? So, so it is a ridiculous argument for me to hear anybody make and him to make that like, oh, because of these traumas in the past, it explains why he is the way he is. Like, no, you you have an opportunity to deal with those traumas, yeah. right? Yeah. And you're not. I was just watching a live stream yesterday on Facebook for it was it was the National Day of Racial Healing, right? I, I saw you watching that. Yeah, yeah, I was watching that. It was really cool because I mean there were a bunch of celebrities on there, right? Um, and it was an interesting moment. They had this really cool panel, uh, diverse panel, where what they would do is they were a panel of four people and then one of the people on the panel would go into the hot seat and mm -hmm. were sort of responsible for driving the conversation, but the other panelists would ask questions. So at one point, Daniel Wallow is asking a question, but is more saying, you know, he's bringing up this topic of with movements like Time's Up and Me Too, you know, when or how do we start to have the conversation about redemption, right? Mm -hmm. And I've heard this conversation come up a little bit too with folks like, whether it's R. Kelly, although that seems really soon, even folks like Louis C.K., other folks that have been in the news recently, other men who have been in the news recently for having committed some sort of sexual act, sexual assault, sexual violence against women. And this idea that comes up about like, well, what does redemption look like? How does that play out? And we can't even start to talk about redemption if there's no sign of contrition or learning or identifying the wrongdoing that had been done. We can't even talk about redemption. Yep. If, if you ask me what, what my five core values are, redemption is my number one. I'm, like, I'm all for it. <laughs> I'm all for it. It's, it's core to, like, the way I move in the world. It's core to my, my faith practice. But even in that faith practice, there is a sense in which, yeah, you have to be able to acknowledge that something was done that was not okay. You have to own that fully. You have to own the fact that your choices, your actions, your desires, uh, your selfishness, hurt others. So it's not just, it's not even just acknowledging it, right? But the, the Greek word for redemption literally means to, uh, <clears throat> to turn around, right? Like you're facing one direction and you turn the other, right? So it's like, how do you not just own the fact that you did something, but actively work against it, right? Like actively turn away from it and go in the opposite direction. Yeah, I don't, I don't see that in R. Kelly. Uh, I don't think we're going to see that in R. Kelly soon. <laughs> uh, I hope, you know, Anything's possible. Or with a bunch of these high-profile mm -hmm. guys that we have. Yeah, 
the truth. And I think part of why it's easy for him slash them to continue to show no remorse is because so many people defend them and say that what happened was okay and um, explain it away even though there's yeah, clear and consistent destruction happening uh, to people, like not just, in, like two people. I want us to think about why that is, you know, and maybe we're not the ones who are actively defending R. Kelly or any of these other men. Why is it that we don't say more or we don't do more? And what's that about? Watching this live stream yesterday, Eva Longoria is responding to the questions and they're going back and forth mm -hmm. about about this topic of redemption. And she brings up the topic of like, well, why, why does it have to be the Me Too movement or Time's Up, which is a movement driven by women primarily or, or folks that have been abused, victimized by a patriarchal society. Why are we the ones that have to have the response or do the work of what redemption should look like? Mm. And it just brought up for me, like this is exactly one of the many reasons why we started Men Up, Absolutely. right? Which is this, you know, as men, of course, in these other movements, we need to be allies, but there's also work that we need to do. Mm. And this is exactly some of that work, which is like, we need to be the ones holding each other accountable when this kind of shit happens, but also be the ones to say like, all right, this is what it would mean to gain redemption, right? We've got to do that work with each other and hold each other accountable, mm -hmm. right? Rather than asking other movements to say like, we're sorry, you know, we understand, we are allies, just tell us the path forward. It's like, no, we've yeah, got to be yeah, the yeah. ones to, to carve the path out in, in a powerful way in allyship with these other movements. Yeah, to redeem. Redemption is a market term. There's a connotation that there is a price being paid, right? Like there is a, you have to do a thing. You have to pay a price, right? Um, and yeah, sometimes that price can be as simple as saying I'm sorry and doing the work to, 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 to not just say I'm sorry, but show it and to actively work for the healing that you were working against. Um, and doing it over time. Right. It's got, yeah, that, that joint don't happen overnight. And, uh, I'd like to see that. I'd like to see that from you, R. Kelly. <laughs> I, if you're listening. You know, I mean... I'd, I'd like to see that and you know and hopefully we can get there well I can tell you one example that got me really fired up of some young men particularly doing better for each other was a clip that went viral about a week ago from UCLA men's college basketball we're obviously starting to gear up for March Madness so we see more college basketball on various channels and there was a clip towards the end of a game where Young man, Moses Brown, had just been unsuccessful on a trip down offensively for his team for UCLA. And the clip is of him walking back, and you see him go to drop his head, right? His chin starts to go down, he starts to look down. And then coming from out of frame, don't even see it coming, is his point guard, Jalen Hands. Shout out to the point guards. I love point guards. <laughs> Most important role on the team. Just saying. Shabu may or may not have been a point guard on this high school basketball team. Just saying. And still approaches my life as a point guard. <laughs> anyway, you see Jalen Hands come from out of frame, and he just puts his thumb and his forefinger on Moses Brown's chin and just lifts it back up. It's a clip that is maybe seven seconds in full length, mm -hmm. but it got me so fired up because, one, that was such an amazing example of what being a teammate looks like, mm. right? Even in the moments when we see each other fail, mm. that we are willing to pick each other up, even with the slightest of gestures, right? Sometimes it doesn't have to be with words. It's just like, nah, I'm gonna lift your head up. 
Hmm. I saw it and I knew no context. I don't necessarily follow sports. Y'all should know that by now if you uh, if you follow the podcast. And but what I loved about it was one, it felt like such a small ver- like a small like a microcosm of what I feel like we need to see in the world. Um, and what I loved is that 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 seven second clip it has gone viral, right? Which to me signifies that there are people in the world who also recognize that like that is something that we need to see in the world, right? And there's so many different captions, uh, and a lot of them point toward a healthier, more well-rounded idea of what manhood and masculinity looks like. And I love that. And I wonder if this this happened a decade ago, right? Um, if this happened five years ago, even would we have gotten the same viral response? And I would, I, I don't know. I, I'm not going to say that I know, but I will say that I feel like the reason we got it now, this time around, has a lot to do with the fact that there are so many people in the world who recognize that this this type of manhood, this type this type of, of masculinity needs to happen, right? This type of interaction between men uh, caring for each other in gentle, compassionate ways, supporting one another, lifting each other's heads up, literally and figuratively. Um, people are thirsty for that. People see and feel the need for it, such that when you see it on a video like this, it resonates and then it blows up and the whole internet is, is, is covered with it. It's such a powerful example of what motivating your teammates, your your brothers, your your fellow men, if you will, in this in this case, can look like. Mm-hmm. A lot of times the images that we do get or the majority of the images we get of like supporting your teammates, getting each other fired up, is a captain of a team, giving a really passionate speech, fired up, yelling, right? We see it on the football field, we see it in basketball games, we see a coach getting his team fired up by telling them what they're doing wrong or doing right and like getting all red in the face and then smacking guys on the butt to motivate them, right? But this was actually a pretty gentle gesture, right? But the switch that you saw in Moses Brown's face was powerful, right? He went from a place where you could see him start to look down, you could see him start to get down and get there mentally. And then just by that subtle gesture, his head's back up, you see him refocus, and it was just really powerful, Mm -hmm. right? And, And I just wonder, like imagine if we did that, whether it was in our everyday, engagements walking around the city here or with young people or with each other like the moment we start to get down about a way in which we failed or not lived up to expectations we're like nah just just lift your head back up you got this i'm just thinking about the way that this could be a powerful conversation starter right for uh young men in general me and you were just talking about uh the many groups of young men who we have worked with uh over the years who because it seems they don't necessarily know how to do anything else interact with each other primarily by chopping each other down. What kind of conversation can you start by showing young men this video and then having a conversation about what they saw and what that means and how they can embody that, right? There's a lot there that is to be emulated. What was the name of the young man who came in and lifted his head up? Jalen Hands. Jalen Hands came in, lifted his head up, and was out, right? Um, he Like, he that played his role, did what he did, and, and was back gone. back in the game. And was gone, right? Um, and I can imagine the conversation that happened after, you know, if, if there was one. But I, I, if there was, I could imagine what it was like. Well, there's one more video we're going to talk about today in Men Up. Ooh. Fired Up. Clearly, George is fired up. Yes. And it's a video that I haven't watched yet. It's a short film that I haven't watched yet. And it is this Gillette commercial that came out mm. this past week. So I sent Shabu this, uh, this video, um, put it in, the, in his Facebook message box. He did not watch it. He got lots of messages from other people who... Half dozen. Right, half... So, yes. 
So who suggested that he should watch it? He still didn't watch it, and he didn't watch it because I wanted to save it for the podcast. I thought this would be a fun little thing. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a break here. We're gonna go watch the commercial and give some immediate response. I'm gonna give some immediate response. George has some expert response, if you will, but but we're gonna talk about that in a minute. So stay tuned. I'm speechless a little bit right now. George, you, you gotta start us off here because I'm a little speechless having just watched that for the first time. I kinda wanna go watch it again, but we gotta have this conversation. Cool, so there's a lot happening in this commercial. I think the, the first thing that stood out to me was uh, there was a question that was being asked in the very beginning of the commercial. The question was, is this the best a man can get? The kind of muffled jingle of Gillette, the best a man, best a man can get. Right? It's been their tagline since the 80s. I remember those commercials when I was a little kid. Right, right, right. The the man shaving his face real smooth and then the, the woman comes out and they're both in towels and she hugs him from behind and it's like, use our jail products and you will get a woman like this. Whatever they were trying to communicate. Right? I just want to be clear, that never happened to me during my <laughs> tenure of using Gillette products. I've never used Gillette products. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's, that, this is what they were trying to communicate. But I think what I loved is that they started the commercial with what felt like a self-critique. It was, it, they were asking them, they were asking the world, is this the best a man can get? But they were also acknowledging that there is a role that they have played in the perpetuation of disempowering masculinity, right? Um, and that uh, what, however big or small their role in that, um, we are in a time now where we are seeing the results of that explode in, in really unfortunate ways. It is a really strong example of a brand, a corporation being self-reflective. Mm-hmm. Something that I think a lot of us and definitely activists for a while have been asking these companies, these corporations that have such power, such influence in our world to do. And this is a good start. Mm-hmm. This is a good start. And, and I think, let's be clear, like they're going to they're gonna make lots of money off of this, right? And, and have been in the conversation in the news and media now for the last couple days just because of this commercial. If you look at this video right now, oh my God. which has millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of views right now, I was gonna look it up, but you know what? It's like just trust us. It's at like the twenty mil mark. It's as insane, of today, right? But it has about a million, a little bit more dislikes, and a little over half a million likes, which was crazy to me after watching this video. How could more people dislike this than like it? I mean, I know why, but but still, I'm just like, how could how could this be? How could how could there be such a such a strong dislike for this video. And it's and it's funny because I feel like there is a sense in which there are men in the world, apparently a lot more men <laughs> according to this video, dislike to dislike to this video, who just feel like there are arbitrary, seemingly pointless attacks on men. And I had said this earlier um, in a, a lot of men up conversations minute minute or even on the podcast i think this the issue here is that when men see people critique patriarchy they confuse like patriarchy is not men right um patriarchy is patriarchy right patriarchy is the system that prefers men that is what this commercial is critiquing and so many people when they see things like this they automatically have this visceral response that's 
that basically is set, feels like they're attacking men. And if you're attacking a man and I'm a man and you're attacking me, dislike, right? Um, I can I can see that slash maybe have been in a place in my life at one point where I would have felt that way. But I think that, the, yeah, is, there's an important distinction to be made around what they're saying and, and who they're critiquing. One of the most beautiful parts of the commercial was the point that uh, the line that said, we believe in the best in men, right? And I really appreciated that line because there is this narrative like we as men are creatures who cannot control them, right? Like we, we just, the, the boys will be boys, dogs will be dogs. Right. There's nothing right. you're going to be able to do right. about it. It just right. happens. Right. It just, right. And uh, a lot of conversation about what we're not. And, and there, there seems to be this idea that men can't change. And the, the ones who are good are just outliers, and I, I fundamentally disagree with that. It seems like this commercial is making a point to say that they disagree as well. But uh, what I appreciate about that line being in, in there is that it, it establishes that whatever it is we're critiquing, <laughs> what we're not saying is that men can't be better, right? Um, and I, and I, pre I appreciate that. I appreciate that clarity, right? Well, what they're offering in that commercial for these are the ways to evolve. Mm -hmm. Are conservative gestures, right? Like we're, we're not talking about in that video. They're they're not they're not pronouncing upend an entire system. They're showing men towards the end right. calling each other out when it's when they're catcalling, saying, "Yo, you shouldn't do that," mm -hmm. or when there's some bullying happening, being like, "No, let's let's not bully each other," right? It's really conservative things, like, and it's important that they point those out because I think a lot of times when we have this conversation with young men, with any men, about well, how do I change? What does that specifically look like? I think this commercial gives some very specific visuals about like, this is what it looks like. Mm -hmm. And even gives a little bit of language of like, hey, this is how you could call out one of your buddies in a way that is confrontational enough without being too confrontational. Yeah. Right? Like, but the fact that there's any sort of strong response of like, oh my God, this, this short film is going too far. That's the piece to me that's ridiculous because I watched that and it was just like, oh, those are really conservative things to do. Like, that's not... It's not asking a lot of us, right? That's what I was left with. It's like, this commercial is not asking a lot of us as men. This is a great start. This is a great conversation starter. I'm happy to see a corporation like, like Gillette use its influence in a way. And, and you know, we know that to some degree there, there may be a sense in which they are capitalizing on the times, right? Like if they were gonna make a commercial about this kind of thing, now would be the time. I, listen. There's lots of ways they could have been making money right now. And I'm happy to see that this is the direction that they decided to go. Both things can be true. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. They can be making money in this in this capitalist system, mm -hmm. right? Off this commercial. And they can also be supporting a social cause, bringing justice or progress to the world. Both things can be held at the same time. Absolutely. I think the one thing that was interesting to me to note, just watching it the first time, at the end of the video, the, they're very good and deliberate about it being an inclusive message, meaning we see men that all look significantly different, right? Different shades, different facial types, all that sort of stuff, right? But if you look at the beginning of the video, right, when we're getting examples of, is this the best men can, can get? What we're seeing are visuals that are primarily representative of a system and it's a system that is inhabited primarily by white men, mm. 
right? Mm -hmm. And some of that is just like culturally where we've been over the decades, right? As a country, we have gotten more diverse as the decades have gone further and further, right? When when these systems that are they're referring back to look something like probably the 40s, 50s, 60s, like we were a much whiter America then. So it's conceivable that those ideas just because of our makeup were of course just whiter, right? Mm -hmm. But like, I think that that's really, that's a really important message and I think subtle, right? But significant in this short film that, that we need to understand that and I'm saying this as a white guy, right? As a, as a straight white guy, right? Like that we need to understand that some of the foundations of patriarchy come from a place of white privilege, mm -hmm. right? White male privilege. And it's important for us to understand if we're going to make progress forward. Yeah, it's, you know, we, we tend to make the distinction, specifically when we're talking about patriarchy, uh, we try to talk about it within the context that we are, which is America. They could have shied away from that. They they may have been able to shy away from that and still get the love they were getting. I wouldn't be surprised, actually, if that was part of the pushback, right? Like, like if yeah. part of the pushback was that that subtle kind of jab wasn't, maybe wasn't so subtle, and, like, people felt it and, um, and were uncomfortable with it, maybe even subconsciously, right? But I'm, I'm, I'm happy that they put it in there because it speaks to um, an awareness about where we are, right? Like we said, patriarchy looks different in different parts of the world, but in America, like this is what this thing looks like, and so we're going to talk about it here, right? Um, I appreciate, yeah, I, I appreciate that awareness. Well, this has been our first installment of Men Up, Fired Up. I know I'm fired up. I can tell you're fired up, George. Listen, man, we got, if we don't, we got, we should do this every week. I'm just saying. We're not going to do it. I don't know. We, I'm excited. I'm saying this is great. I've really enjoyed it. We should do this a lot more often. And we hope that you enjoyed it as well and that you're fired up too, whether it's fired up to celebrate great things that are happening mm -hmm. around redefining manhood and masculinity or fired up into action because of the things that are disempowering. Mm -hmm. Please like, rate, share, check out the Men Up podcast on Apple Podcasts. Just search Men Up. Or check us out at the Men Up website, themenup.com. Until next time, I'm Christian Shabu. I'm George Black. We appreciate y'all.